Hi there, it's Jenny here. First of all, congratulating you for finding a bonus episode of the Women's Golf Show. Coming up in this very special episode, there is an extended version of our regular Iona Meet series. Today, Iona Stephen is chatting with broadcaster Ailey Barber. Now, since 2017, Ailey's presented the BBC's golf coverage, succeeding her hero and her mentor, Hazel Irvin. Now, she also works across a host of other sports, but... As you'll hear, golf has long been a part of her life and her appreciation of it isn't just reserved for on air. So we hope you enjoy this very special edition of Iona Meets. Well, Ailey Barber from the world of sports journalism and broadcasting has joined me here at my little house in St Andrews. I'm going to start by reflecting on a story that I, I think I've told you before, which is that before I worked in the media, I had this distinct memory of seeing you presenting for the BBC at Wentworth at the BMW PGA Championship and thinking, like, what an amazing job. Like, she's so lucky and clearly so good at her job. Seeing you there in that moment and, you know, as I, as I got the opportunity to work in the media, you have been a real role model for me and inspiration for me in many, many ways. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, first of all, I didn't even need to sneak you a cheeky tenor for that info. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, no, I was very similar. Um, for me, it was Hazel Irvin. I remember sitting at home. I loved sport, yeah. all sports. Um, loved playing them. Was rubbish at all of them. That's not changed. Um, oh, but I loved I talking about, about them. Watch, I was quite geeky. I liked stats and I liked numbers and I liked, like, patterns and all that kind of stuff um and I remember being about 13 14 years old or something and it was the first time Hazel Irvin presented Grandstand right and Grandstand was the sports program a lot of the time it was it was men that you saw and most of the time as well it was it was English voices so Mm. to see a Scottish woman Mm. do that um it just instantly I went out that that's what I want to do okay so did you just pick up the phone to Hazel after that or what, what did you do? I wrote her a letter. Did you? I did write her a letter. Wow. And she did write back to me as no well. Um, dear Hazel. Dear Hazel, I want your job. <laughs> Thanks, Ailey. <laughs> no, she did write back. She gave me some advice. Um, a lot of the advice has not changed yeah. today and when people ask. And I did get to work with her eventually on the snooker um, she was presenting and I was an AP and I'd plucked up the courage to eventually say to her, probably, I think, after a, a glass of wine, and said, oh, I wrote you a letter. <laughs> and she was, she was delighted that she'd actually written back. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> but no, it was amazing. I mean, to have worked with Hazel and then to get the opportunity to follow her in the golf was, yeah, an incredible, an incredible moment, really. Yeah, um, it's an incredible story, really. Did the football come first or the golf? Football came first. Um, I grew up in Dunkeld, and in my primary school class, there were 27 boys and five girls. So we were slightly outnumbered, but sport was a big thing, whether it was rounders or P or whatever it was. So how would you compare how you feel working in the, the world of football? Um, which, let's be honest, from the outside, it can be quite a rowdy sport. You know, if you look at golf in comparison, it's it's fairly a sort of an inverted commas civilised. You don't, for a start, have thousands of fans heckling from the sideline. Yeah, I've never had snowballs thrown at me at a golf tournament. Right, yeah. there you go. <laughs> you know, obviously, like we're talking about the Open there, there will be lots of fans, but they're a sort of respectful bunch, aren't they, really, mm. um, to 
both the players and any broadcasters walking around. So how, how does that, you know, what have you learned from football that you've been able to bring into golf and vice versa? I think probably football, it's having a thick skin with social media, with Twitter, with all these things, you know, you you, you just get it all on your phone. Yeah. People just tell you. And a lot of it's just, you know, fans, blinkered fans that don't like something that you've said about the way their team's played or something. But you definitely take a lot more comments. I don't want to say abuse. It's not really abuse. But yeah. do you know what? Yeah. You know, you, Stick. Yeah. You get, <laughs> you get a lot more in football than you do um, in golf. Yeah. That is for sure. And everyone's a football manager when they're watching uh-huh. at home. Right. Um, yeah, that's probably the one thing I've learned from football is that it's taught you to have that very thick skin. Yeah, well, that takes us nicely on to the golf side of your career. Let's start there before we jump on to the role and your enjoyment in playing golf. But to start with, when did that come about? Obviously, you've, you're walking you know, in the footsteps of Hazel Irvin, so you've mentioned that already. But um, how, how much do you enjoy being a female broadcaster in this in the sport of golf? Um, I don't really think, I don't think I've ever really sort of thought I'm a female broadcaster in, in any of the sports. Mm. I've never, and I think that comes from growing up where I grew up and being in the minority from the age of five years old. Mm. I've never sort of seen it as, oh, I'm suddenly surrounded by, by guys because mm. I always was um, from a young age and growing up, it, it was all the same. And then being sporty, a lot of the time you are playing sports with guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether it was at school, obviously we didn't have a we didn't have a girls football team or we didn't even have a girls hockey team. Everything was sort of mixed and mm. everyone played together. So it was possibly a nice kind of grounding to not be intimidated because it can be intimidating. I mean, I, you know, the number of times I've walked into press rooms and you're the only female there mm-hmm. and, you know, you're turning the lights on in the bathroom and then turn them off when you leave because yeah. nobody, nobody else is going in. That can be really advantageous, you know, particularly at golf events. I find if there's a massive queue for the men's toilet and you just get to stroll on oh, it yeah. as a girl and you just... It is brilliant. Yeah, that is much. where it is the best, being, being a female sporting events. Yeah. yeah. Never have to queue for the toilet. You never do. <laughs> Whether you're watching or you're a broadcaster, it's still more or less the same. But that's a really interesting perspective that you've had on it and probably... I imagine has helped you to feel quite free and you know it's one less thing to think about really to have to carry that weight around of being a minority it's probably been a blessing in disguise that you've never thought of it like that. I think initially I was probably quite oblivious to it but it is I have noticed it and there are times when people have said things that I've thought I don't think you'd say that to my male colleague Uh um but I've never really sort of gone in with that mindset. Mm. So I think that's, and I've never used it. It would never be an excuse for me, uh-huh. you know, well, either whether it's I got a job because I'm female, I would never say that that's true. Mm. Or you didn't get a job because you're female. I would never use it as an excuse that way. I think there have, I think during my sort of journey into broadcasting, it came at a time where there where there was a real push to have more female faces and more female voices. Yeah, but that's I wouldn't say that's why I specifically got certain jobs or certain opportunities. Mm. And if it was, you know, you don't keep them. No, if, of course. If you can't do it, yeah, you know, you, you don't just say, "Oh, let's just give her the job because she's a woman." No, you have to be good at it. Yeah, you have to to tick the boxes that are required to be a broadcaster and yeah. to progress within 
within the role. So, so yeah, I wouldn't, I've never kind of sort of used it as a barrier or used it as an advantage or anything like that. I kind of was a bit oblivious to it at the start. Mm. And I think it did definitely help me. Um, and I didn't, I think it's that intimidation thing. When you go in and you feel quite confident to be in a, in, in a minority. Yeah. It, it doesn't sort of hold you back in any way. Definitely, definitely. You're obviously you seem to you seem to love your golf and have a great relationship with the game. Is that would that be fair? Yes, wasn't always like that. Hated it when I was younger. Really hated it. I was too angry. I I just oh I was a club thrower and everything. I I could not understand why anybody. <laughs> would spend the time walking around the golf course trying to hit that ball. I always loved the game though. I mean, I, we went to the Open, the Scottish Open, um, we went to the, you know, the, was it the Weetabix, the women's one yeah. at Glen Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I used to volunteer at a lot of them um, when they were at Glen Eagles and open qualifying events, go around and do the scoring and all that kind of stuff. So mm. I, I did love the game and watching it, watched it on the TV, but no, nah, pl playing just didn't suit my mentality when I was younger. But now I absolutely love it. What role do you think golf plays in that kind of recharging and being able to, I guess, benefit your physical and mental health? It is obviously, a, it's, it's got physical benefits, absolutely. But mm. I sort of look at it definitely more for the, the mental side. And it's that switching off the phone. I might only work Saturday, Sundays or weekends or whatever, but all week you're working because like, we were talking about earlier you have to know what's going on in the sports and in the sporting world and golf for me is is that time where you just turn it all off mm -hmm. and you know what when you spend four hours on a golf course you don't miss anything no and it's like totally. and I need that sometimes to say you don't need to be on it 24 7 you don't yeah. need to constantly be opening apps and reading things and you know you will that stuff will all be there when you finish on the golf course mm -hmm. so takes everything away just takes all of that away mm. and you can concentrate on something that is very different mm. very frustrating most of the time <laughs> so <laughs> but, how yeah. is your golf what's the what's the goal for the handicap for this year I would like so I'm currently at 19.7 okay I think I started I think I came out of COVID at about 26 Six twenty-seven. I want to say. Okay. So it's not been. So it's definitely it's, on the it's, drop. It's been dropping, which yeah. has been good. But I would like to be. I'd like to get another maybe four off it by the end of. By the sort of end of the season. So yeah. Say like October September. Time, yeah. yeah, October September. Yeah, I'd maybe like to be down fifteen tops. Brilliant. Uh, that be, is so doable. Like would be you, my plan. You've got it all, Ailey. I've seen the game, and it's all there. Particularly <laughs> was, the. There putting. was not a lot there yesterday. <laughs> Dundonald is a hard course yeah. and it's absolutely freezing in Scotland right now. So yeah. just listen, use those excuses while you can. Definitely, just rope them in. Yeah. So just finally, um, I, I wondered what advice you would have for, you know, young, younger listeners or, or any age listeners that are asp aspiring to work in some way in, in the media within golf. I think with anything, whether it's golf or football or any sport or any part of the media that you want to get involved in if it's broadcasting mm. and using your voice and and all that sort of thing is to just do it that's the, the beauty of the world we live in right now mm. if you've got a phone you you can start doing content right now you don't need to wait for an opportunity to get into a 
a BBC or a Sky Sports or whatever, you can you can start commentating on your phone, you can start doing videos, you can start doing vlogs, you can start doing your own little series of, of meeting people or, or investigating things. It's all there, it's all mm. on your phone. Get like You can set up a YouTube channel, you can do Instagram Lives, you can do a whole load of stuff that I'm probably not very clued up on, like TikTok and all that. But, <laughs> no, but the opportunities are there. Like, yeah. you can, everybody's a broadcaster now. Yeah, it's been really lovely to sit down and have a wee chat with you, Ailey. Congratulations on what you have achieved and good luck for all that is yet to come. Thank you.